Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware, we have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit, but frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to Just Keep Rolling, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Ellen, my co-host is Katie, and this is our 100th episode. If I'm being honest, I didn't think we would make it this far. It is a damn near miracle. But here we are. Yep. And let's just keep rolling for the hundredth time (laughs) into the rolling rehash. Last week, we covered the second half of chapter 27, Padfoot Returns, and the barely corresponding film scenes. Lighthearted casual talks are definitely not the specialty of Bartimius Crouch, nor is personal space. Buying socks for Dobby was the second best reason to take a trip to Hogsmeade. Harry and his dog father finally reunited, melting hall hearts in the vicinity. Ron and Hermione continue to squabble about house elves. Crouch's son really could have used a proper father figure in his life. And, if Dumbledore speaks in cross-stitch, Sirius speaks in motivational poster. During episode 99, hmm... Our Potter pondering was, what do you think about the movie's edition of the tongue flick clue? Hi, Ellen, Katie. This is Ashley calling in about the Potter pondering. And I'm going to have to say that I do not agree with y'all. I do not like the facial twitch. It is unnecessary because they use that to replace the actual truth of the story that we have written down in a book. Does it make sense to me? And maybe if I hadn't read these books and I was going in as just, I want to watch this movie. Yes. That would have been, you know, maybe brought it full circle for me. Like, Oh, okay. I'm making the connections. I'm figuring this out. I'm guessing he's not who he says he is. He might be someone else, probably this guy, but In the book, they did not solve the mystery because Mad-Eye was walking around Hogwarts with a facial twitch. They are downplaying Barty Crouch Jr.'s ability to play Mad-Eye flawlessly. That he's just walking around here, licking his lips like LL Cool J randomly. (laughs) I think somebody would have caught on that, um, yo, what's wrong with Mad-Eye? I think he's glitching. That's not how they solved the mystery. It just kind of pisses me off that we got a facial twitch to replace freaking Barty Crotch Sr. stumbling out of the Forbidden Forest, walking up on Harry and Crumb's conversation about where Hermione's heart lies. Looking all crazy and psycho because he's whacked out of it from the you-know-what curse from you-know-who. Ah... But no, no, we didn't get none of that, which would have been an awesome scene. You know what we got? We got a facial twitch. Okay, rant finished. I'm sorry, y'all. Hello, is the support badger here getting ready to answer the Potter Ponder this week of whether or not I like the addition of the tongue flick clue. 
And what I have to say to that is I hate it because it gives away too much. It's treating the audience like they're stupid. Like, I remember reading the fourth book and being like, oh, my God, what do you mean it's Barty Crouch Jr.? Like, that was such a astonishing moment. But it just kind of got given away by the tongue flick clue in the movie. So, you know, that sucks. But whatever, you know. It's it's whatever. Uh, I don't like it. Some people do. I guess it helps if you haven't read the books, but I feel like they still could have made the moment really awesome without giving away that giant clue. So that's all I have to say. Hey, guys. Mike calling in for the uh, Potter Ponder response. I got to say, like, as far as the movie goes, I'm not sure if it – gives too much away. I think it's probably a good addition in terms of like it would really come out of left field about, you know, the later surprise if the tone flick wasn't there. But at the same time it bugs me because if they had simply left in some of the other stuff that they cut, there would be no need for the tongue flick. And yes, I understand the time saver, but this kind of plays into my usual rant about why couldn't they just use some of the other more ridiculous scenes that they did include, aka the dragon and other things, to actually build plot and include things that were in the book. How hard is it to go from the book? It's basically a script right there. Anyway, I'm going to start ranting in a sec. So my opinion is, like the tongue flick clue, hate that it's necessary because they're done. Anyway, bye. G'day, guys. It's Jackson here. So for the pot of pondering about the tongue flick, uh, for the movie, it makes sense for the way they did the trial scene, but I personally don't like it. It's just not something that I think should have really been added. Uh, makes no sense, really. I mean, for the way they did the film, it does, but as a plot point itself, I don't think it makes sense. So that's my thing. We have been getting so many great responses. Thank you so much for calling them in. Yes. Our keepers are the best. Like the best ever. Our trivia question last week was, what happens to Hermione's hands that causes her to have to go to the hospital wing? Hermione is sent hate mail, and one of them is full of undiluted boobotuber pus, which spills into her hands and causes them to erupt into painful yellow boils. Whoa. Congratulations goes to Jackson Miller. Woohoo! He's up to four weeks in a row. Doing great, Jackson. I wonder if he can keep this going. We shall see. For now, let's just keep rolling into the first half of Chapter 28, The Madness of Mr. Crouch, and the not really any corresponding film scenes at all, because why would there be? Chapter 28, The Madness of Mr. Crouch, Part 1. After breakfast on Sunday, Harry, Ron, and Hermione head to the Owlery to have Hedwig send Percy a letter asking about Mr. Crouch. As she flies off, they all head to the kitchen to give an extremely delighted Dobby his socks. Despite having just eaten breakfast, Ron looks around at the smiling and bowing house elves and asks if there are any more eclairs. 
Harry says that they should get some stuff to send to Snuffles, and Ron asks the elves for some extra food in general. As they hurry off to fetch it, Hermione looks around and asks Dobby where Winky is. Dobby points over by the fireplace, and Hermione sees that she didn't notice her at first because the poor elf is so filthy she isn't immediately distinguishable from the smoke-blackened brick behind her. She's still clutching a bottle of butterbeer and swaying slightly. She gives an enormous hiccup and Dobby whispers that she's getting through six bottles a day and it's strong for a house elf. The elves that return with the eclairs for Ron give her a disapproving look before returning to work and Dobby explains that she's pining for Mr. Crouch and wants to go home. This gives Harry an idea and he tries to ask Winky why Mr. Crouch would have stopped coming to judge the Triwizard Tournament. When she learns that he's thought to be ill, she becomes very concerned and distressed, saying that her master cannot manage all by himself and needs her. Hermione insists that other people can do housework on their own, and Winky starts to explain that she isn't just doing housework, but also keeps a very important secret, and she refuses to tell the trio what it is, telling Harry that he's nosing. Dobby comes to Harry's defense, but through hiccups, Winky continues to say that he is nosing and she is a good house elf who keeps her silence. She then slumps to the floor, completely passed out, and half a dozen disgusted house elves hurry forward to hide her under a large tablecloth. They apologize for her behavior, and an exasperated Hermione tells the elves that they should be trying to cheer her up instead of covering her up. An elf bows and tells Hermione that house elves have no right to be unhappy when there's work to be done. Hermione begins to address all the elves, letting them know that they have as much right as wizards to be unhappy, as well as rights to wages, holidays, and proper clothes. She uses Dobby as an example, but it just makes him look scared as he mumbles for Hermione to please keep him out of this. The elves are all now looking at Hermione as if she's mad and dangerous and they shove the extra food into Harry's arms and shunt them all out of the kitchen, with Dobby calling after Harry to thank him for the socks. Ron snaps at Hermione for not keeping her mouth shut since they could have tried to get more information about Crouch out of Winky, but Hermione retorts that he doesn't care about that, he just wants the food. They are irritable the rest of the day, so Harry decides to take the food to the Owlery on his own. He watches as Pigwidgeon and two other owls fly off, looking extremely odd, carrying the large package of food between them. And he looks over the grounds where Hagrid is enthusiastically digging in the dirt around his cabin. Madame Maxime approaches Hagrid and attempts to speak to him, but he doesn't really engage in conversation and she leaves. By breakfast the next day, Ron and Hermione are in better moods. When the post-owls arrive, Hermione looks up eagerly, and Ron says that Percy won't have written back yet. But Hermione explains that she's taken out a subscription to the Daily Prophet, so they can stop finding out about everything from the Slytherins. Harry says that's good thinking, and points out an owl flying towards Hermione. It's not carrying a newspaper, and is closely followed by several more owls, all delivering nasty letters to her because of the article that Skeeter wrote. When she opens the last one, undiluted boobotuber pus spills all over her hands, and they erupt into large yellow boils. Harry tells her to go to the hospital wing and says they will let Professor Sprout know where she is. She doesn't make it to Herbology at all, and as Ron and Harry head to Hagrid's for care of magical creatures class, Pansy calls to Harry to see if he and his girlfriend split up since Hermione was so upset at breakfast. 
Harry ignores her, and they reach Hagrid, who's waiting for them outside his cabin with several crates filled with fluffy black long-snouted creatures, with flat front paws kind of like spades. Hagrid tells them that they are nifflers, typically found down in mines because they like sparkly things. One tries to bite the watch off Pansy's hand, and he calls them useful little treasure detectors, saying they're going to have some fun with them today. He points to a large patch of freshly turned earth and explains that he's buried some gold coins and has a prize for whoever's Niffler digs up the most. Harry takes off his watch and chooses a Niffler, which sniffs inside his ear enthusiastically. Hagrid notices the spare Niffler and realizes that Hermione is missing. Not wanting the Slytherins to know what happened, they tell Hagrid that she's in the hospital wing, but that they'll explain later. They let the Nifflers dive in and out of the earth, digging up coins, and Ron's is the most efficient, making him wonder if they can buy them as pets. Hagrid explains that his mum wouldn't like that since they wreck houses, and then greets Hermione as she shows up with heavily bandaged hands. Hagrid calls for everyone to check how they've done, and lets Goyle know that there's no point in stealing any of the gold since it's leprechaun gold and disappears after a few hours. Ron's Niffler was the most successful, and Hagrid rewards him with a large slab of Honeyduke's chocolate. The bell rings and everyone leaves, except for Harry, Ron, and Hermione, who stay to help put the Nifflers away. Hagrid asks Hermione about her hands, and tells her about the letters that he got after it came out that he's half-giant. He tells her not to worry about them and to just throw any more right into the fire. On the walk back to the castle, Harry tells Hermione about the lessons, but when he asks for Ron's input, he notices that his friend is frowning. He asks him what's wrong, and Ron wonders why Harry didn't tell him about the gold disappearing at the Quidditch World Cup. He thought that he had paid him back for the Omnioculars, and says that he shouldn't have given him the Chudley Cannon hat for Christmas. Harry tells Ron that he was so worried about his wand he never noticed it was gone, and this upsets Ron Moore, who hates being poor and thinks it must be nice to have so much money you don't even notice a pocket full of gold disappearing. He says he wishes he could make some extra money and that he had a niffler. Hermione tries to cheer him up by telling him now they know what to get him for Christmas next year, and points out that at least his fingers aren't full of pus. As she struggles to manage her knife and fork, she bursts out that she hates Rita Skeeter and will get her back if it's the last thing she does. Hermione continues to receive hate mail for the next week, but mostly just ignores them all. Harry is sick of having to tell people that Hermione isn't his girlfriend, but reassures her that it will die down eventually. Hermione is actually more concerned with how Rita has been listening into private conversations when she's supposed to be banned from the grounds. After Defense Against the Dark Arts, she asks Moody if he saw her under an invisibility cloak, but he didn't. Ron wonders if there is any point in telling her to drop it, and she insists that there isn't. Harry wonders if she had her bugged, and then has to explain hidden microphones and recording equipment to Ron, before Hermione interrupts to point out that they wouldn't work at Hogwarts anyway because of all the magic. She's sure that Rita is using magic to eavesdrop and wants to know how, figuring that if it's illegal, she'll have her. Ron refuses to help and she snaps that she wasn't asking him to, before marching off on her own, likely to the library. Since there are no corresponding film scenes, we're just going to dive right into discussing this half of the book chapter. Yeah, so the book chapter starts out with Harry, Ron, and Hermione going to the Allery on Sunday after breakfast because they want to send that letter to Percy to ask after Mr. Crouch, like Sirius suggested, even though Ron's like, 
this isn't going to go over well. <laughs> what, is Percy uptight and secretive and not prone to just giving out information? And completely obsessed with his boss? I mean, that too. Is he not all of those things? Is he all of those things wrapped into one little anxiety-ridden burrito? Why, yes. Yes, he is. He is indeed. <laughs> but they watch Hedwig fly off with the letter, and they then head down to the kitchen to give Dobby his new socks. And I really wish we could have seen this. I know. Dobby does love his socks. He loves his socks. They're also warmly welcomed by all of the house elves, who are just, like, bowing and delighted to see them. <laughs> But it's still not as adorable as Dobby crying tears of joy. Well, he got socks. He got so many cool socks. He's so happy with his socks. And he says that Harry Potter is too good to him. Aww. And Harry's like, well, you saved my life with the gillyweed, even though I asked you never to do that again. Right? You did. Mm-hmm. And I love you for it. So here's socks. Yep. And even the last time you tried to save my life and, and almost failed epically... Your heart was in the right place. Dobby's heart is always in the right place. Exactly. Dobby. Ron asks if there are any more eclairs before Hermione chastises him because he just had breakfast. He is Ron. I am Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. But she barely even gets the chance to be like, dude, you already ate. The house elves are like, oh, of course, I can bring you food. <laughs> This also gives Harry the idea to ask for some other extra food that they can send to Snuffles. That's so nice that he thinks of him. Yeah. So Ron asks the elves if they can get any other extra food and they just like delightedly bow and rush off to get food. And Hermione doesn't really like this, but she's too busy looking around trying to find Winky. Yeah, where is Winky? Dobby's ears droop slightly when he points to where she's sitting by the fire on the same stool that she was before. So filthy, she just completely blends in with the soot-covered brick behind her. Ew, baby needs some self-care. Poor Winky. Mm-hmm. She's holding a bottle of butterbeer. Sure. Hiccuping and swaying in her seat. And Dobby says that she's going through six bottles a day now. <gasps> what a lush. Well, Harry's just like, but that stuff's not strong, is it? And Dobby's like, tis strong for a house elf. <laughs> Which, fun story, was one of our trivia questions in the Jeopardy round for the trivia that we led. It was. The answer was, tis strong to a house elf. And everybody had to say, what is butterbeer? Yep. Fun times. Fun times. <laughs> we tried to record that for you and I fucked up recording it. So sorry you don't get to hear it. At some point, we'll just record all of the questions and release it as a bonus right. episode. Big good times. But anyway, some of the other elves are frowning at her behavior and then they go back to work and just ignore her. And Dobby explains that she's pining to go back to Mr. Crouch and she refuses to admit that Dumbledore is her master now. Winky has no master. Oh, wait, that makes her sad, though. That doesn't work for Winky. No, but Dumbledore is her master. Yeah. So. I know. It's just the parallels between Winky and Dobby are yeah. just so interesting to me. But all of this talk about Winky missing Mr. Crouch gives Harry an idea and he goes over to her and wants to know if she has any idea what he's been up to these days because he stopped coming to judge the Quad Wizard Tournament. Hmm. This is very concerning to Winky, who's like, he's not coming? And then she becomes overwrought when she realizes that her former master slash mentally still her real master 
mm-hmm. could be ill. And she says that he is needing his winky. And I'm not saying that to be funny. That's literally how it's worded in the book. I want to know how J.K. Rowling kept a straight face while writing some of this stuff. Maybe I need to know if winky is also a dick term in British speak. (laughs) I mean, I just... It just sounds so dirty, whether or not it's a dick term, though. I just... Master is needing his winky. Master is needing his winky. He's needing his winky. It does mean dick in the UK. It's a child's word for penis. So, yes, okay, it's even then. worse. I mean, I'm saying. Maybe she liked to bury things in there like that. What? Are you implying that that's, that's how she got a whole generation of adults into books as well by just peppering in dick jokes dick jokes it's entirely possible i mean it worked for me so here we are talking (laughs) about needing a winky so anyway but anyway hermione tells the anxious elf that plenty of people can do their own housework and winky's like uh i did more than housework i had to keep a really important secret and harry's like oh what is this secret seriously what was the secret are we ever gonna find out Well, no, because Winky keeps her silence. And she refuses to tell Harry, and she tells him that he is nosing. You is nosing. You is nosing. (laughs) You is nosing into Winky. (laughs) You is nosing into Winky. Oh, dear. Anywho, Dobby defends Harry, but Winky's insisting that he is nosing. I mean, he is. He's totally nosing. He is definitely nosing. It's totally his second greatest superpower, so... It really is. He's a meddler. He's a noser. He's a noser. He's a nosing meddler. He's a nosing nosy meddler. He's a meddling noser. You knows it. (laughs) Anywho, Winky continues to say that she's a good house elf. She keeps her silence And then she passes out and falls to the floor and all the other house elves are like, we're so sorry you had to see that. And they just cover her with a checked tablecloth and they're like, so sorry, so sorry. Please do not judge all of us house elves by her. I'm not saying I have some friends like that. (laughs) That fall off chairs or that judge people based on everyone else. Oh, no, that, that fall off chairs. Well, there's that. I mean, I have ones that judge people too, but no, I've I've got I've got the friends that are like really sloppy drunks. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah, I think we probably might have the same ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, but this just makes Hermione be like, "What? Like, what do you mean you're apologizing for her? You should be helping her, trying to cheer her up, not." covering her up she's just unhappy and they're like begging your pardon miss but how selves don't have any right to be unhappy when there's work to be done oh this just screams psychological issues yeah it really does this is an episode in itself we've talked about it before we really need to do this yeah this episode definitely but hermione is so exasperated by this that she's like soapbox listen up here you elves you have every right to be as unhappy as a wizard and you have rights to being paid wearing normal clothes taking holidays 
hello, like, look at Dobby. Mm-hmm. And Dobby's there just like, please don't bring me into this. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> Dobby's putting on his sunglasses going, I don't know her. Dobby is not knowing her. Trying to like magically disappear into mm-hmm. the shadows. Yep. No. <laughs> don't bring me up, please. This is your fight, lady. Like, <laughs> I want nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. But the elves are also now all looking at Hermione like she's absolutely insane and completely dangerous. And they just shove the extra food that they brought into Harry's arms and are like, get the fuck out. Except I imagine that in higher pitched, adorable voices. <laughs> well, now that you said that, so do we I. Where's your food? Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Dobby is needing you to fuck off now, sir. <laughs> So they basically get shoved out of the kitchens with Dobby calling after him. Thanks for the socks, Harry Potter. (laughs) And Ron's super pissed at Hermione. Like, why couldn't you just keep your mouth shut? We could have gotten more information about Crouch out of Winky. And more food. Yeah, because that's exactly what Hermione's like. Hermione's just like, you don't even care about Crouch. You're only here for the food. I mean, it's Ron. Of course. Yeah. However, he can be there for both. Except he just wants more food. Okay, yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) But I am disagreeing on principle, which makes me wrong generally, but (laughs) going with it. Anywho, Ron and Hermione are irritable with each other for the rest of the day. So Harry's just like, I can't deal with you two. I'm going to the Owlery. And he just by himself takes this package of food it includes like a ham and sure. some fruit. Just like this giant parcel of food he now has that's way too heavy for Pig Widgeon to carry by himself. <laughs> so he has to enlist two other owls to help. So I just imagine the like three owls attached to this giant box of food. Right. And they fly off into the night looking extremely odd. I'm not going to lie. As much as I hate the waste of food that it would be, I wish we would have had this in the movie because it would be kind of funny if they would have just let the bottom drop out (laughs) as all the owls take off and it just goes whoosh and all the birds just go flying way up higher because there's now nothing holding them down. It would be entertaining and then we would have gotten to see them in the kitchens with all of the house elves. Exactly. Harry has no desire to go back to Ron and Hermione yet. So he just hangs out in the owlery and just looks out the window and he sees Hagrid digging around his cabin and watches as Madame Maxine walks up to him and is just like, hey, how's it going, big boy? Mm -hmm. What can you tell me about the third task? And Hagrid's just like, nope, go away. (laughs) And so she leaves. I'm making that conversation up. Harry couldn't hear it. I just imagine based on what I know happens later. I mean, I feel like that's pretty on point yeah i kind of love that hagrid is just like nah lady fuck off piss off man i do love the idea of madame maxime calling him big boy though (laughs) big daddy hey big daddy (laughs) by breakfast the next day ron and hermione are in better moods so that's nice the post owls start to arrive and hermione's like sitting up eagerly looking around and ron's like dude We just wrote Percy yesterday. He has not had time to write us back. And she's just like, well, duh. I took out a subscription to the Daily Prophet so we can actually read shit for ourselves and stop learning from the Slytherins. I'm surprised it took her that long to do that. I would feel like that would be the first thing that Hermione would do 
when she got to Hogwarts in her first year. You would think she would already have that subscription, yes. Yeah. But it definitely was the first thing that she did when she was in the article. Well, there is that, definitely. <laughs> Harry thinks this is a brilliant idea, which it's Hermione, so it is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and you're in luck. Look, there's an owl. And they all look at the owl and they're like, nothing's not carrying a newspaper. And then it's followed by like four more. None of them are carrying newspapers. So Hermione opens the first one and it's like cut out letters that threaten her, telling her to go back to her muggle life and saying Harry Potter deserves better. And then she opens the fourth one and undiluted boobo tuber pus spills all over her hands. That's not only gross, that's dangerous. It's so shitty because her hands end up erupting into these painful yellow boils. Which was our trivia question. Yep. And she has so many of them, it looks like she's wearing a really disgusting pair of gloves. Ha! That's pretty damn gross. Yeah, and Harry's like, look, just go to the hospital wing. We will cover for you with Professor Sprout. And she's got no choice if she actually just has to miss class, which has got to be probably just as bad as all of the boils on her hands to Hermione. I believe the phrase is insult to injury. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) She doesn't even make it to Herbology at all. Mm. So they end up just having to head to Care of Magical Creatures without her. And along the way, Pansy, being Pansy, is like, what's wrong with your girlfriend? She was so upset at breakfast. Did you two split up? Pansy, would you mind just turning around and walking forever? Do me a favor and pull your bottom lip over your head and swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what she can do. Why don't you take a long walk off a short pier? <laughs> Harry wisely decides to ignore her. Probably the right call. And they reach Hagrid, who's waiting for them outside his cabin, and he just has all of these crates. And Harry's just like, fuck. (laughs) More scroots. But it turns out they're filled with these black, fluffy, long-snouted creatures that have spade-like front paws. (laughs) And Hagrid tells them that they're Nifflers. And I can't even begin to tell you how mad I am that I did not get to see a Niffler. Mm -hmm. I am very grateful that Fantastic Beasts rectified that for us. I was just thinking that, but it would have been so nice to have a precursor introduction to them. Because the Nifflers are fucking adorable. That is my favorite thing of the Fantastic Beasts series. Really? Is that fucking Niffler. I love him. I need a stuffed Niffler at some point. Mine is Botruckles. Botruckles are pretty great, too. I love the Botruckles. I love the Niffler. He's just so... He reminds me of a cat in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, I can see how it would. Because it's especially the way that when he had the giant gold brick... And he was shoving it down into his little pouch and just making eye contact the whole time. Right. It reminds me of a way like you tell a cat not to do something and it stares at you as it does it anyway. Yeah. Don't knock that over. For me, it was my life. Jack, don't do it. (laughs) And he just dead eye stare at you. Seriously. He'd look you right in the eye and just (laughs) knock. I I literally had to buy an entire new set of glasses because of that cat. I still have a back stock of glasses, even though I don't have him anymore. <laughs> but we actually just got a new cat. I shared a picture of him on our Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. who looks nearly identical to Jack. And I named him Professor Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore, Order of Merlin, First Class, Headmaster of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, Supreme Mugwump of the International Confederation of Wizards, 
and Chief Warlock of the Wizengamot. But we just call him Al or Albus, and lately he's been Albie Boy. That's probably the right call. But there's something so fun about saying his full name and then being like, <laughs> or Al. <laughs> Al for short. Yes. But back on topic, Nifflers. <laughs> One of them tries to bite the watch off Pansy's hand, and I kind of wish that he just took the whole hand with it, but right? I digress. Hagrid calls them useful little treasure detectors. To say the least. And says that they're going to have some fun with them today. And it turns out that that dirt he was digging around in, he parried a whole bunch of gold coins. Mm -hmm. And each kid in the class gets to pick a Niffler and the Nifflers are going to go dig up coins and whoever gets the most gets a prize. That'd be an awesome ass lesson. I love it. I think that's brilliant. I think Hagrid's an amazing teacher and he gets a bad rap. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And... How stoked must Harry be to see himself in animal form right, right? there in front of him? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> he definitely seems to have a kindred spirit understanding of them because the first thing he does is take off his watch. And then he chooses a Niffler. Probably the right call. And the Niffler sticks his nose inside Harry's ear and just snuffles around. And Harry's like, oh, they're really quite cuddly. They're enthusiastic little creatures. I want a Niffler. I am a Niffler. I'm not. Harry is. Well, he is. It's true. Facts. Hagrid notices the spare Niffler and realizes that Hermione's not there. It's like, where is she? And Harry and Ron are both like, she's in the hospital wing, but we'll tell you why later. Because they don't want the Slytherins to know how much that stupid article actually caused problems. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Right? That whole thing. Yep. So they let the Nifflers dive in and out of the dirt and collect all of the coins. And Ron's is particularly efficient. And he just has his lap full of coins. And it's just like, can I get one of these? <laughs> and he wants it to actually find money for him. Whereas I just think they're adorable and want to snuggle one. Again, I'm Ron. <laughs> find me money. Yes. Get me money. I'd like let it loose on my couch cushions. Like, <laughs> seek out all my change, Nifla. Right. <laughs> you know what? I have a set of car keys that I've been missing for like six months. I would totally set it to find my car keys. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Although, as Hagrid points out, it would also destroy your house. You know what? <laughs> Trying to find anything shiny and sparkly it can. Have you seen my house? I don't think anyone would notice. <laughs> <laughs> The conversation shifts a little bit because at this point Hermione shows up and her hands are just like heavily bandaged. Aw, you'd think it would actually have been better for her to go to Herbology because Sprout would have known maybe what to do about the Boobatuber Plus. I'm sure she would have known, but she would have just sent her to yeah, the nurse true. anyway. That's true. Never mind. This is better. <laughs> yeah, I've had to have it before where I've just had like part of my hand in a big bandage and it's been impossible to do anything <laughs> without just looking like a moron yeah so imagine both hands all bandaged up like that that would suck it so bad it sounds awful and hagrid is smart enough to not call attention to it mm -hmm. and he says hi to her but then he immediately tells the rest of the class to count and see how many gold coins you have and then he looks at goyle and he's just like and don't bother stealing any it's leprechaun gold. It's going to disappear soon anyway. And Goyle, like, sadly empties his pockets because yeah. he was totally trying to steal the gold. Well, of course. 
Wait, leprechaun gold disappears? Apparently. <gasps> hmm. But it turns out that Ron's Niffler was in fact the most successful, and Hagrid gives him a large chocolate bar from Honeydukes as his prize. Nice. And they name the Niffler Harry. Yes. <laughs> the bell rings and everyone just leaves. Yeah, like you do. Mm-hmm. Except for Harry, Ron, and Hermione, who stay to help put the Nifflers away. And I imagine that was just Harry and Ron helping and Hermione just had to watch because what's she going to do with her bandaged hands? Very true. Hagrid asks Hermione about her hands and she explains about the letters. And Hagrid's just like, ah, oh, don't even worry about that. I got a whole bunch about being half giant and just ignore them. Throw them in the fire if you get any more. Aw, Hagrid's so sweet. I know. It's good advice. Mm-hmm. When the trio head back to the castle, Harry's telling Hermione about the lesson, and he's just like, Nifflers are awesome, aren't they, Ron? And Ron's just like staring at his chocolate bar that, of course, he's already eating. Well, of course, yeah. Even though they're headed to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry's like, what's wrong? Is it the wrong flavor? And Chocolate is never the wrong flavor, no, first right? off, Harry. <laughs> Although, I feel like in the wizarding world, there may be some odd chocolate flavors. Well... That's true. But Ron's like, no, why didn't you tell me about the gold disappearing at the Quidditch World Cup? He's like, I thought that I paid you back for the Omnioculars. And you had said that I wasn't going to get a Christmas present, but then I paid you back. So you got me a Christmas present, but the gold disappeared. So you should not have gotten me that Chudley Cannon hat for Christmas. So things just got awkward. Right? (laughs) Poor Ron and his no money. Yeah. And Harry's just like, well... I was so worried about my wand, I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. There was a lot going on that evening, to be fair. There was a lot, and you'd think this might make Ron feel better, but instead he's just like, must be nice to have so much money that you don't even notice a pocket full of gold going missing. This makes me sad because Ron looks at it the entirely wrong way, which I get because it's a lot different when you have no money and you see other people being cavalier about money. Mm-hmm. I myself, not rich by any means. However, if my best friend gave me money for something that she thought she was paying me back and it disappeared, I might notice, but I'm not going to bring it up to her. Right. Because that's not what it's all about. Not at all. Harry didn't even expect Ron to pay him back to begin with. Mm -hmm. He also was always going to get him a Christmas present. This is like when I would tell my parents when I was a child, like, oh, mom, if I can have this money to get this, then I don't need a Christmas gift. We'll call this my Christmas gift. This will be my Christmas gift, mom. Mom, mom, it's my Christmas gift. And my mom would be like, all right, but you're not getting a Christmas gift. And lo and behold, there's a tree full of Christmas gifts come December. I get that. You make these deals. Mm Mm-hmm. And it never applies. It never does. Harry was always going to get Ron that Christmas present. Yeah. But Ron doesn't really care. He's bummed. And he's like, I wish that I could make some extra money. I wish I had a Niffler. Like he said, he wants a Niffler to find him gold. He has Harry. (laughs) I don't think he's the right kind of Niffler. He finds snitches. But anyway, Hermione's trying to cheer Ron up and says, well, now we know what to get you for Christmas next year. Besides... At least your fingers aren't fucking full of pus. I mean, there's that, definitely. And at this point, they are at dinner, and she's, like, trying to cut her food in her bandaged hands. And just, at that point, I just throw down the silverware and just faceplant into my plate. 
I mean, couldn't she like Wingardium Leviosa her fork? But that would involve having to hold a wand. I still like the idea of her just face first into her plate. <laughs> I think that's a hilarious mental image, but not the type of fodder you want to give the Slytherins. Just saying. No, but it's still my mental image. <laughs> but she's struggling and is just like, I fucking hate Rita Garbage Skeeter. And I will get her back if it is the last thing that I do. And that's a dangerous phrase coming from Hermione because you know bitch will do it. And she does. We'll talk about that more later. Mm -hmm. She continues to receive hate mail for like the next week. So that's cool. But this time she mostly just ignores it. There's an occasional howler that she can't do anything about. They just sort of explode and she gets screamed at in front of everybody. That's fun that people take the time out of their day to yell at a 15-year-old. Is, is fun the word we should use for that? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Unless you're using it in a sarcastic way like I was. Yes. <laughs> like... Do you really not have anything better to do? Get that you a need to... fucking line. Honest to God. That's even worse than people leaving shitty comments in, yeah. in comment sections. Because that doesn't take as much effort as one might want to think. But but sending, like, cutting out all those letters out of magazines, that ain't easy. Because you gotta find the right letters. Like I said, get a fucking life. Ugh. <sighs> Harry's getting sick of having to tell people that Hermione is not my girlfriend. She was never my girlfriend. We are just friends. Stop. <laughs> Fucking Rita Skeeter. Rita Garbage Skeeter. But he also is well aware that it's going to eventually die down and tries to reassure Hermione of that too. Although in truth, Hermione is actually just more concerned with about how Rita Garbage Skeeter has been listening in on conversations when she's supposed to be banned from the school grounds right how does she know all this stuff right even with the slytherins like feeding her info or something they have to give it to her somehow yeah and there's things in there that they couldn't possibly know either so right. that's why you're just like what's going on this is interesting and that's why hermione's like what's going on i will solve this mm -hmm. and she asks Professor Moody, after Defense Against the Dark Arts, if he saw anybody, a.k.a. Rita Garbage Skeeter, under an invisibility cloak during this at the end of the second task. Mm -hmm. And he didn't, so scratch that off the list. Yeah. And Ron's just like, is there any point in telling you to just drop this? Like, she's already made you out to be a scarlet woman. Do you really want to piss her off more? But Hermione's just like, yeah. I'm sure that I do. There is no point in telling me to forget it. I'm going to solve this. Bitch is going down. <laughs> Garbage is going down. <laughs> is there ever a point in telling Hermione to stop? No, Anything. not really. No, just never. That's what we love about her. It's her tenacity. That's why I'm her, if we're being honest. There's that too. One of the reasons. <laughs> My extraness is up there as well. But anyway, Harry's like, maybe she had you bugged. Ooh. And Ron is like, bugged? Like, covered her in insects? Like, what? And so Harry's trying to explain, like, hidden microphones and cameras and recording equipment. Mm -hmm. And Ron's like, wow, yeah, maybe that's what she's doing. And Hermione's just like, will you ever 
read Hogwarts a history. Those kind of things will not work around Hogwarts because all of the magic makes that shit break. And you'd know this if you read the book. But why would they bother to read it when they could just ask her? Fair enough. I mean... I'm sure that's exactly what they're thinking. Why go to the library when Google's right at my fingertips? <laughs> but Hermione is positive that Rita is using magic to eavesdrop. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know how, because if she's doing something illegal, garbage is going down. Yeah. Basically. For sure. And Ron refuses to help her do any of this research. And Hermione's just like, I wasn't fucking asking you to. So just leave me alone. Bye. <laughs> Boy, bye. And she just marches off probably to go to the library. I mean, I feel like he would really only just hinder her <laughs> anyway. It's probably. Yeah. Not on purpose. Just. It's Ron. Yeah. Every time you say it's Ron, I just think you're saying it's you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear in my head. It's you. Ron and you. Synonymous. You, Hermione. Synonymous. Synonymous. Sure. Anywho. This is actually the end of this section. We're going to cut it off here. Sounds good. Considering there were no movie scenes. There really weren't. So that means there's no actors. No actors. No plot development, no Rita Skeeter, no anything. No Nevlers. No Nevlers, no Winky. No Winky. And Master is needing his Winky. Master is needing his <laughs> Winky. And Harry's Wheezy is needing his Niffler. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's just roll right into our Potter pondering. Sounds good to me. So, obviously, I'm really upset about not getting to see any Nifflers in this film. What magical creatures do you really wish you could have seen that were left out of the movies? Or which ones were included, though differently than you imagined? Or for that matter, which ones were included, but absolutely perfect? And as pondered by our patron Quincy, do house elves have the same emotional structure as humans? I mean, they obviously don't get mad over working for free, as Dobby was only really upset about the abuse. And most witches and wizards don't abuse their house elves. Yeah. Interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Find the post on our Facebook page and share your thoughts. Or call us at 216-526-6792 and leave your response as a voicemail. Make sure you start off telling us your name and then go into your answer. And, as always... You could record it and email it to us as well at justkeeprolling at gmail.com. We really look forward to reading and hearing them. And this will bring us to our Sorting Hat story, which is from our newest patron, Ashley. Yay! She writes, I'm Ashley, no E, a witty 30-plus Ravenclaw. I'm also a healer slash muggle nurse. My wand is pine wood with unicorn hair core, 10 and 3 quarters inches with rigid flexibility. My Patronus is a Thestral, which I guess fits because I'm kind of spooky. <laughs> I got into Harry Potter in 7th grade. My aunt was my physical science teacher for a short while and gave me the book because I've always been an avid reader, with her teaching me at 4 years old. She didn't even say much, just, I know you'll like this one. 
Little did she know I had become obsessed. When I received Sorcerer's Stone, the second and third books were already out, and I quickly snatched them from the library and read through them in a few days. My aunt and I were always close, though not physically, due to me being an army brat. But Harry Potter held us tightly together over the phone and in between visits until she passed away in my sophomore year of high school. Then it was just the wizarding world holding me together. Every time I needed to escape reality, I found myself in the books, which have always helped to sate my depression. I've been at every midnight book release starting with Goblet of Fire with my mom and ending with Deathly Hollows with my newborn son. I even lost a job at my local movie theater for losing it on a co-worker who spoiled Half-Blood Prince for me when I was reading it on my break. Looking back, I would have read it in the car, but I'm not taking back the choice words I gave that dude. I read the rest of the book just waiting for my favorite professor to be murdered. I've never had any true friends who also loved Harry Potter, so I get my fix from rereading and rewatching the films, and many Facebook groups which I found your podcast recommended in a comment. Now you guys and your keepers are my new Harry Potter buddies. Let's not talk about how long or how many responsibilities were neglected catching up on over a hundred podcast episodes while reading the corresponding chapters in between. Let's just keep rolling. Love you guys and thanks for making this podcast. We love you too. Thanks so much for sharing your fantastic Sorting Hat story with us, Ashley. Yes, thank you. And we are so glad to have you as a keeper and a patron. Yay! And if any of you other keepers out there listening would like us to read your Sorting Hat story on a future episode, you can email it to us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com. Let us know your house, wand, Patronus, how you got into Harry Potter, and anything else you might want to share with us. Or you can message it to us over social media, which is how Ashley sent us hers. Mm-hmm. This week's trivia question is... What time does McGonagall tell Harry he has to go down to the Quidditch pitch to learn about the third task? The first person who responds with a correct answer and the code word hashtag final task will get a sticker. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us through iTunes or Facebook. Make sure to email us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com to let us know you did and we'll get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook at JKR Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Just Keep Rolling. Following us on Podbean at justkeeprolling.podbean.com will get you the episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. Make sure to check out our website at justkeeprolling.com and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you would like to help us continue creating more content, you can support us as a patron and get extra perks on patreon.com slash just keep rolling as always any support you can give is greatly appreciated but speaking of patrons we just want to take a moment to talk about how amazing ours are seriously if any of you keepers do decide to join the patron family it is genuinely that you won't find a more accepting supporting and amazing group of people anywhere and on top of all of that, if that wasn't enough, honestly, Sarah organized everyone to make a video for us congratulating us on our 100 episodes. Everyone sent in their own video messages, and then at the end of it, we had some super awesome surprise messages from some actual Harry Potter actors. Actually, the whole thing was a surprise. 
And an incredible one at that. I totally cried. You did. <laughs> Wuss. I'm actually getting a little choked up just thinking about it again because it was amazing. It really was. It really was. It was very, very touching that they went to all that trouble. And these are some of my best friends. And it's just crazy that they love us so much. <laughs> and all because I bullied you into doing a Harry Potter podcast with me. Who could have seen this? Honestly. Yeah. And now we've made it to 100 episodes with more to come. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's been awesome. And it's going to keep being awesome because I love you, Katie. And I love all of our patrons. And I love all of our keepers. And I love the Harry Potter actors that made messages for us. Oh, my God. I love all those things, too. But, like, the the one about me is, <laughs> is about you. I love you and our patrons and our listeners and our keepers and all the amazing actors that did amazing videos for us because they were amazing. Did I mention amazing? Because they were. They were amazing. And it was awesome. It was so cool. We are actually going to post the video on Facebook. So sometime on Friday, I will get that posted up there for you so you guys can watch the video yourself. You can see our awesome patrons and you can see the Harry Potter actors that we got messages from mm -hmm. because it was really freaking cool. It was so freaking cool. Honest to Merlin. So thank you so much for organizing that for us, Sarah. It was amazing. You are amazing. And to all of our patrons that sent in videos and helped you guys are the best. You really are. We love you. Mwah. And we hope that all of our keepers enjoy watching it as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could they not? True story. And join us next week when we talk about the second half of Chapter 28, the madness of Mr. Crouch, and the kind of, sort of, not really corresponding film scene. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. Until the next time, just, just keep, keep rolling. rolling.